time for Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, Christian counselors and the founders of Soul Shepherding. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep and I take it up again. My sheep follow me. No one can snatch them out of my hands. In other words, with Jesus at the cross, we are unforsaken. That's our theme for this special series during Lent. Thanks for joining us. Well, Bill, I'm feeling celebratory. How come? Well, because we've been doing Soul Talks now for a year. One year, 52 podcasts. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. And I'm really thankful to those who listen to us and have encouraged us to keep us at this. Yeah, it's been a real blessing. We have a number of people listening in each week, and we, we love hearing from you. And you send us your emails and posts on Facebook and other social media and just let us know that you're tuning in with us and what you'd like us to talk about. We love hearing from you. We recently, we heard from Trisha in Melbourne, Florida, and she's thanking us for the unforsaken journey that we're talking about here with the Stations of the Cross. And she says, I'm from a Catholic background and, and so familiar with the Stations of the Cross. The Lord has given me such great gratitude for Jesus and his journey. It always brings tears, tears of joy. And uh, so she thanks us Mm. for this journey with Jesus. That's great. I'm so grateful that she journeys with Jesus regularly. This has been a good rhythm to our life this year doing this. Yes, I've enjoyed these conversations and interactions, our prayers and meditations, and having friends join us in that. It's a great honor. Yeah, well, they're encouraging me and spurring me on in my devotions here using Unforsaken, and I hope we are them. Yes, and uh, we've got uh, another couple of listeners in the Chicago area where I'm from, uh, Aaron and Laura Damiani, good friends of ours, and they're in the TLC journey with us, pastor at Emanuel Anglican Church there in the north side of Chicago, and Aaron is a new author and has written a great book on the good of giving up, discovering the freedom of Lent, and uh, Aaron's book is very helpful if you want to learn more about Lent, how to apply it to your life and your devotions some of the history of Lent, but it makes it real practical and how to actually celebrate it. And it's, it's good for the whole journey of Lent and Holy Week. It's great for pastors and leaders and leading others in how to celebrate Lent. Yeah, I've really enjoyed getting to know Aaron and Laura. So grateful they have joined us for TLC and thankful for their ministry. Now this new ministry through his book too. Yeah, so we hope our listeners will check out The Good of Giving Up by Aaron Damiani. So this week we've been meditating on Stations 7 and 8 in Unforsaken and on the cross and the way of the cross, the Stations of the Cross. And, you know, journeying with Jesus, Bill, on the Stations of the Cross, coming along here now to Station 7 on the you know, Via Della Rosa, I think, oh, you know, that makes it sound so romantic, <laughs> so beautiful, you know, and I think of the song, the opera song, you know, on the Via Della Rosa and... You know, but the reality is I can uh, get distracted and forget that journeying with Jesus on his crosswalk was different than it is for me just living my life, even sitting here talking to you in our safe house, in our comfortable, secure neighborhood uh, and life here in America. And it takes some effort to really put myself there with Jesus. You know, even looking at the pictures, I mean, they can help that way, but I can still be defended and still defend myself against the experience. But it's been helpful 
to have the discipline of being there with Jesus with my imagination. Yeah, this picture at Station 7 here that we have in the Unforsaken book really takes you right into Jesus' pain, doesn't it? You're just right up close with his face there as he's fallen to the ground under the weight of the cross and he's crying out. It does. And I fell this week, um, not physically, but, you know, emotionally, spiritually into shame. And it was so painful. And I remember even getting up and looking in the mirror and my forehead looking a lot like Jesus is there Mm. all wrinkled up and stressed. And that experience actually has helped me to have more appreciation this week and meditating this on the station of Jesus being willing to be laid low in the dust, as Psalm 119.25 says, to take up our infirmities, be pierced for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. He was like a lamb to the slaughter, Isaiah 53, 4-5. So honey, it sounds like in your struggle with that emotional pit, that mm-hmm. what really helped you was looking to the face of Jesus in that mm-hmm. and seeing how he fell down mm-hmm. and that he was with you there. Mm-hmm. And I took heart from that, from his presence with me. And of course, I felt that through his ambassador, your presence with me, but also seeing that he found strength in his Abba to get back up and keep going. Right. Just as Jesus fell to the ground in the dust in, in excruciating pain. But he looks up to God, his Abba, and takes hold of the hand of grace reaching down to him, and he gets back up. And so also you looked to Jesus and to Jesus' Abba, and that helped you get up and to recall and, and know and trust that you're loved. Yeah, and it gave me grace for falling, you know, to think about, well, yeah, we do collapse. We don't have the strength sometimes. And that Jesus gives us grace in that. His grace is enough for us in that. Yeah, because when we fall, uh, whether it's uh, a stress or, or a sin or a, a trial or something or just emotions that come over us or concern for a loved one that's burdening us, but w- when we fall into these emotional pits and if we start feeling bad about ourselves, like, oh, I'm too emotional or I'm too needy, then we're disconnecting from God right there. We're disconnecting from the experience of his mercy and compassion. Yeah. And so you've got as our question here at the the end of this chapter, what burden of sin or sickness has laid you low in the dust? And so for me, it was my sin of pride. Help us understand that. What do you mean by pride and what was going on for you? Well, I find... I often, pride is, you know, it's my root sin. It's the one that tends to, you know, I tend to fall into. And either I do that by thinking too highly of myself, and then I find myself judging other people, or sometimes when it's really at its worst and all of its ugliness, even judging God. What do you mean? How would you judge God, maybe? Um, Maybe like he's not being fair to me, Mm. thinking I deserve something more than I'm getting. Entitlement, like that. And maybe we're being ungrateful, feeling like I'm wanting something that he hasn't given me and not being grateful for what he has given me. I'm, I'm discontent. Yeah, that's easy to do. It's easy to look at what isn't going well rather than what is going well. Yeah. So I fall to that. And then I also, on the flip side, I fall into shame and doubt and think I'm bad. I'm not worth anything. I don't deserve anything. 
and then I'll even think doubt God's love, and then I'll isolate from Him or from from other people, both. And I think you're saying that even in the the dejected feelings and doubting God, that there's pride in that. It is, yeah. It's the reverse side because in the pride of that, I'm not trusting God's love. Yeah, I'm not trusting His grace as being enough for me, as being for me. I'm not relying on his strength here and what he's done for me. And so it's like, I'm saying, well, thanks for your suffering, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, that hurts so much when you're in a dark place like that, honey. So yeah. this this has been helpful for me to, to ponder this and think about this. And Well, I appreciate you sharing with me because we, we've been apart a few days this week as you were with your mom and your sisters in the desert. And so we, weren't, we talked over the phone each day and connected and prayed together, but not didn't have our normal daily soul talks. No. So you're, you're catching me up on some stuff here that you've been experiencing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do that. I, yeah, I enjoyed these meditations while I was gone, and it's the first time we've talked about it. So, yeah. And then wonder for you, you know, what burden of sin or sickness lays you low in the dust? Well, I've been, uh, as you know, I've been asking the Lord to teach me more about staying out of judgment, mm-hmm. not having uh, condemning thoughts or attitudes towards people, especially not saying things that are critical and judgmental, uh, but then also about myself. And so, yeah, I've had some times where I've, I've caught myself in that and uh, have had that sense of, of falling down. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I realized that I was judging myself for not doing a very good job of not judging. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yet it's funny when you think about it, but yet it's uh, very sad because yeah, it reflects uh, the, the vicious cycle that we can mm-hmm. get into where we just can't get out of ourself. Yeah. And so whatever our particular fault or shortcoming or weakness is, we get trapped there mm-hmm. until we do what you've just been talking about, sweetie, which is looking to the, the precious loving face of Jesus, you know, in a sense, getting out of ourself in terms of the obsession on self and the pride and looking to mm-hmm. self to solve our own problem, but to realize, yeah. no, the, the solution comes from outside of me. It comes from connecting with God and his grace. Yeah. And I've, I've been praying for you, as I know that for Lent, you have really been working on being intentional to give up judgment. And so I've been praying that I would be able to be mirror the face of God's grace mm-hmm. to you in that when you do judge yourself like you just confessed. But also it's been good for me because it's it's been helping me to recognize that there's times when I think I tempt you to judge. And so there's been a couple of times when I've thought about say, sharing something with you and I thought, no, I think that would tempt you to judge. And so thankfully God's helped me to realize I don't need to say that. Well, I really appreciate your consideration and your prayers. feel very loved by that. You remember me in that way. Well, and it also convicts me because sometimes Part of that tempting you to judge would be I'm in judgment. Judgment kind of wants company. <laughs> so it's been good for me too. It's been helpful. Well, we, we can hardly avoid it because it's just a, a continual situation in life where mm-hmm. we see people, whether it's on person or on our Facebook page or, you know, on, on television. And we have thoughts and feelings about, yeah. about people, about our experiences with them. And it triggers things within us and comparisons and yeah places where we feel not as attractive or not as smart or not as mm-hmm. successful. And, and then that's where the, the temptation to judge can come in really strong. Because yeah. if we can put somebody else down, then maybe, you know, it lifts me up. And mm-hmm. you were asking me while you were gone, I was 
reading a book and you were asking me my thoughts on that. And I said to you, well, I got to be careful here because <laughs> I gave up judging yeah, for Lent, which is yeah. really how I want to live every day, right? It's not just for Lent. And uh, so I was uh, taking hold of the hand of Jesus there to be careful, you know, not to judge that author just because there were some things about what he was saying or the way he was saying it that I didn't appreciate as much but to focus on what was really good and beneficial because there's so much of that. Uh-huh. And of course, to pray for this author and for his book. Mm, and, I love that you did that, honey. And, you know, there's a difference between judgment and discernment, and we don't have time to go into that now, but I think that relates to this next station. Yeah. Because, you know, Jesus is comforting the weeping woman at station eight. And so we, we pray, thank you, Jesus, by your cross, you gave us your life and showed us how to grieve and find lasting comfort. And so you want to read read Luke 23? Yeah, a large number of people followed Jesus, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Luke 23. So this is so amazing because here the women are weeping. I mean, I weep when I really ponder and enter into the experience of, you know, this is the eighth station halfway through the cross journey, horrific suffering right in the midst of it all. And I, I can't put myself there without weeping. And yet it would be a wrong discernment to think that really what God wants for me is for me to be weeping for him because that's not right. He doesn't want us to be depressed and and weeping for him, he wants us to be weeping, crying to him instead of crying for him. Yeah, this is a big point, honey. We need to uh, unpack this a bit. I know for years, I just would at the you know Good Friday services and you know leading up to uh, the whole Lenten season and the cross journey, I would just feel sad about Jesus' suffering and sort of try to work up that emotion because I thought that's what it was about. And it wasn't until I really studied. The stations of the cross and this particular station really paid attention to what Jesus was saying there and meditated and prayed. Well, what does this mean to come to appreciate that? Well, really, he's teaching us how to grieve appropriately and, uh, and really the whole point of the cross. Yeah. We can actually, even in pride, defend against our own repentance, our own sadness of our own sins. We can defend against that by focusing on his suffering. Right, if we make it all about Jesus' pain, mm-hmm. grave as it was, we miss the purpose of why he went through that pain, mm-hmm. which was because our sin is separating us from God, and we need to be forgiven, and we need to be reconciled. Yeah, we know that in, in Jesus' time, there were professional mourners who were paid to be weeping and grieving and mourning and doing all this. Yeah, they just carried on and made a commotion of wailing. Yeah, and so I wonder if, you know, some of this was even that. And in some sense, it was maybe even a a habit or a performance or a show, or maybe they were doing it in some sense, you know, out of that, a religiosity or something. And he really speaks to them, and he says, no, 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 cry for yourself and your children. Yeah. You know, it's the repentance is not just for us; it's for future generations too. It's who are affected and those we love who are affected. It's, yeah, and the people around us who who don't know Jesus or aren't walking with Him, who aren't paying attention to the suffering that our sin causes us, because sin is it brings suffering. We pay a high price. Yeah. So the the point is that we're to feel sad over that price. Oh, and then 
to cry out for God's mercy. Yeah, I think the other thing that we miss here that's really important is that if we get depressive about Jesus' suffering, that we're not seeing that, well, he's the son of God and God is his father and he's in the kingdom. And so, of course, he's going through pain here and, and to have empathy for him is a, is a beautiful thing. And in that sense, to share his sadness. But we need to not forget that theme verse that we've talked about in this unforsaken journey, that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And that's why we call the booklet Unforsaken. Because, see, at this moment that Jesus is in such pain, he's unforsaken by God his Father. And so here in in this chapter we say, in effect, Jesus says to the weeping women and to us, look, I'm doing fine. My Father is sustaining me. I'm choosing to go to the cross for you. So don't cry for me. Cry to me. Cry for yourselves and the people you know to be delivered of sin and to receive God's mercy. That's really helpful and really important, honey, to remember this in the context of the kingdom of God, Jesus being in the kingdom of God, trusting his Father, his Father's goodness. And instead of just being wallowed up and paralyzed by the pain of it all. And so that relates to your question here, because you have at the end of the chapter, you ask us to reflect on an experience in which we or a loved one is feeling distressed or discouraged. So for me, I identified that as, you know, our niece, Liz. She was four and a half months pregnant, and her baby has some birth defects. And so, you know, that's been distressing and depressing for us and for the family. Yeah, we're really praying for her and yeah. feeling compassion for her and the family. Yeah, but it would be easy to just get depressed about that and to forget the kingdom of God and God's goodness that's there there with us, with her in this sadness. And to that this is an invitation for us, instead of just being depressed, which doesn't help her or us or the baby, to seek Christ and to pray. And to pray that these would become sacred wounds that God would sanctify and use in ministry to others. Yeah, I do that as I carry the burden of my mom's dystonia and her suffering that she carries in her body, which is a constant pain around swallowing and chewing and eating and uh, that's been debilitating for over a decade and feel for her and grieve for her, but place her in the kingdom of God, you know, and from within the kingdom, give her empathy and pray for her and so forth. So it's such a, a source of strength for us that we see Jesus carrying the cross for us and coming to us to reconnect us with the presence of God, our loving Father, forgiving us of our sins and lifting our spirits. Yes, so Jesus, we do thank you. Thank you for your cross, that by your cross you gave us your life and you show us this path to peace and relationship of trust in you. Amen. Each week during Lent, we're having a soul talk in response to the readings in our new booklet called Unforsaken. It's a short storybook with pictures, Bible meditations, and prayers that invite you to follow Jesus station by station on his cross journey. You can order Unforsaken on soulshepherding.org or Amazon for as little as $5. Till next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.